0: Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. First of all, I just wanna say a huge thanks to all of you who've gone out and ordered a copy of Think Like a Monk that has made it a number one New York Times bestseller. That's a real celebration for us. We're celebrating how wellness and wisdom is winning thanks to each and every single one of you. And to celebrate that, this Friday, today, I wanted to share with you an episode that was a conversation between me and my good friend Eva Longoria who read the book and had a ton of great questions. And I thought you'd really appreciate some of the answers because sometimes when I'm having these very personal conversations, people ask a lot of thoughts and insights that I think will resonate with all of you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've got your book, make your notes. Uh, scribble all over it, highlight away. And if you haven't already, you can grab a copy at thinklikeamonkbook.com. And when you do that, you can also get your free meditation guide because I'm doing the 20 days of meditations right now. So join in on Facebook and Instagram Live whenever you can. Thanks so much. And I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with my good friend, Eva Longoria.
1: Oh my God, Jay, you wrote a book.
0: (laughs) You're so sweet. You've been supporting this book from when it just existed on a laptop. laptop. So I'm so (laughs) grateful that you finally have the real thing in your home and in your hands. I'm so excited.
1: For everybody, I mean, everybody must know Jay, but if you don't know Jay, he's the social media superstar. He's host of the number one podcast, On Purpose. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite podcasts. He has an amazing guests on there and your conversations with him, but everything from like Dennis Rodman to a neuro brain guy, (laughs) it's so great. And you can get, you know, so much wisdom from so many of these people. Jay's also been considered a monk for modern times. I love that. I read that
0: article, it was so good. I don't know who wrote that, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a monk anymore, but I did live as a monk. And just like what you were saying, like, you know, when I wrote this book, Think Like a Monk, for me, it was, I just got fascinated by monks' minds. Mm-hmm. And I, after I lived as a monk, I read all these studies that showed that monks, from all traditions, have the calmest, happiest, mm-hmm. and most compassionate brains in the world. Mm-hmm. And so when they did brain scans on monks, they found that they had the highest form of gamma waves. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like, what if everyone could learn to think like that and have more compassion in their life, have more peace in their life, and have more purpose in their life. And not have to go
1: to India for three years like you did,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't a recruitment strategy for sure. This is not a...
1: At the end of this conversation, we're not gonna shave our heads and get into nope.
0: robes, right? So <laughs> only Eva, only Eva's gonna. To I might.
1: <laughs> I might. But I'm so excited to talk to you about the book because I read it and I loved it, but like, You say, first of all, your introduction, not even why you became a monk, how you became a monk. You come from a family, like probably most families where they're like, we paid for your education. You're going to go and get a good job. And then you had to tell them, hey, I'm going to go live as a monk. (laughs) What was that? Because the introduction is so great. And you talk about, you know, the three options you had, which was lawyer, doctor, or failure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my parents, my mom and dad have been very supportive of my crazy decisions as I got them more used to them. And they become more and more open as time went on. And I think that's the joy of parents that, Eva, you're amazing. You've worn so many hats in your life. So you know what it's like to chase your dreams and do multiple things at different times. And my parents were very supportive, but the extended community and society mm-hmm. had so many expectations, opinions, and obligations. And I had my own, and I think everyone in the world has theirs. And I was just saying to someone today that becoming a monk is almost like the ultimate rebellion Because it's like saying that this doesn't work and I'm going to do it differently. And so whether you want to become a monk or whether you want to be an artist and no one in your family is an artist or whether you want to be a uh, author or a musician and no one in your family's ever done that. This book's written in a way to help you make that transition and that rebellion because becoming a monk is just breaking the mold of society. Yeah, and I think all of us are trying to break the mold. You broke the mold, and I think you know each and every one of us has a monk mindset inside of us.
1: Well, this is the book Think Like a Monk. When is it out, Jay? It's out yesterday.
0: It's out yesterday. Now. It's out now. Yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: god! I first of all I love the cover, but in the book you talk about like just generally, like a, from a macro point of view, you talk about adopting the monk mindset is not only possible, it's necessary. Like in this day and age, and I find it ironic that you are a social media star it's like how much how do you reconcile uh, that I mean I think it's because your goal was to make spirituality viral right like it's walk us through the reason why right you wanted to write the book and make this for everybody to have
0: yeah so when I went and learned all these principles living as a monk and I always described those three years like monk school and then the last seven years since I've left I left in 2013 we're in 2020 now. So the last seven years has been like the exam. So it's almost like everything I learned in school, I've been testing it every year. And now I felt like, oh, so much of it worked. And I want to share the parts of it that worked. And and when we talk about social media, to be honest, even the truth is that I was trying to do this in so many ways, whether it was speeches, whether it was uh, working. I was coaching people. I was working with people directly. I was trying to pitch it to media companies. But when I started out trying to share these messages, no one really cared. Like no one was interested. And so I just used social media as a tool. It wasn't that I knew it or I knew that it would work or anything. I just didn't have any other options left. Uh And so that's kind of where I got to in life where I was like, no one really cares about what I'm talking about. (laughs) The only option I have is to try and use social media because it's free for everyone and you can create what you like. And I'm so grateful that everyone's responded with so much love. So, well, that just kind of gives you an idea of the thirst that people have for
1: wisdom. And, and you know, you say it in the book, like you went through this journey so that we could learn from it. I really think, feel like that was your purpose. There's so many amazing chapters. There's like uh, a purpose and intention and negativity and, and fear. And I feel like one of my favorite chapters was the intention because you talk about like There's different motivations for why you do things it could be because of fear you're scared to fail so you're going to go do it or love or was a desire or duty and I find like your intention for writing this book was so pure like it was just like I have to tell people about the monk perspective and how that wisdom that you learned (laughs) is like thousands of years old and hasn't changed
0: right yeah it hasn't changed and and even if you look at human challenges today yes i understand that technology is advanced and yes i understand that we're living in a different world but at the same time our challenges still remain we all want to find love we all want to find a sense of purpose yeah. no one wants negativity everyone wants more forgiveness in their life like the things we yearn for are still those human exchanges and interactions. And therefore I find that this perspective is so necessary, as you said today, because who doesn't want a world where we're more compassionate, more loving, more kind, but also more focused, more disciplined and more empowered to make a difference. I think that's something that we're all yearning for right now.
1: Well, and I think you have a great (laughs) chapter on negativity. and And I wanna touch on it a little bit because like again social media so much of what we digest every day could be negative whether it's negative comments or negative <laughs> posts or you know uh, even reading the news you get just bombarded and you and i have kind of some a lot of the same mentors malcolm or deepak or mm-hmm. um you know the four agreements was a book that i yeah by Don't it, yeah,
0: Don't yeah
1: who talked about words have emotional poison and then when I was pregnant, I read Deepak's book about pregnancy and spirituality. And he said, be careful what you ingest, like be careful what is coming through. And you have a whole chapter on negativity and how um, when you were in the in the ashram, ashram yes. said
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The monastery. Yeah.
1: The monastery that you yeah. got so used to no gossip and then you go into the real world and it is everywhere. And I feel like that is happening a lot with people like they want to fit in, they want to gossip, they want it we all want like it's human nature, right? It takes work to avoid negativity. Can you talk a little bit about that chapter because it's one of my favorite ones?
0: I started with this beautiful quote that I want to show up to everyone here and it's from the Daisaku Ikeda which is chapter 2 negativity in the book. And in it it says it is impossible to build one's own happiness on the unhappiness of others. And that's what that chapter is based on, that quote's by Daisaku Ikeda. And and that wisdom for me is just so powerful because I feel gossip or negatively talking about people, all we're trying to do is make ourselves feel a little bit better because someone else is struggling. But -hmm. the problem with that mindset is that tomorrow you might be the one struggling and someone might be talking about you. And so if you're building your happiness on the unhappiness of others, then tomorrow someone's going to build their happiness on your unhappiness and the cycle just goes on. Whereas when you yeah. realize, wait, I'm on my journey, you're on your journey, I've got lessons I need to learn, you've got lessons you need to learn. And actually one of the stories in there, Eva, that I, I don't know if you like this story, but I love it. It's, it's an old parable and a Zen story of the evil king who comes to meet the good king. Yeah. So the evil king comes to me, the good king, I won't give away the whole story. But the point is that so many of the times we project our own insecurities and our own pains onto people around us. And that's a really harsh reality, but it's the only way to start avoiding this negative spiral. When you start yeah. talking bad about someone, it just keeps going and going and going. Well, but that ties in, all the chapters tying together, but
1: that ties into your identity chapter, right? And so... uh. I feel like, well, there's, you said, our, this is a quote from Identity. It's like, our self-image is tied up on how we think others see us. But most of our efforts at self-improvement are really just trying to meet that imagined ideal. So most of our efforts to be a better person or whatever isn't even for yourself. It's so, well, I hope they think I'm nice. I hope they think I'm a good person. I want my legacy to be that I'm a humanitarian. And, and yeah. it's not really working inward out it's working outward in and, and uh that quote I love the one about um it's a uh, coolie. I've lived by this quote I love Cooley yeah. I'm not what I think I am I'm not what I think you think I am I am what I think you think I am I and love so, that quote negativity and identity and like we live in social constructs right of mm-hmm. like what people think we should be whether women or sexuality or race and That's so applicable
0: right now. Talk about that. Yeah, I love that. I love how you're connecting it to what's happening in the world right now, because I think that's the most important part about this wisdom, that it's so relevant and so applicable. (laughs) And and yeah, I think the challenge is that we've all built up boxes and we try and put people into boxes to understand them. And the mind does that to make life easier, but actually it makes life harder because people are more diverse and people are more than the box and the label you put them in. And, and people want to be seen as more and people, but because since we were young, we were told to, it was almost like stand in line. You have to fit in. And then all of a sudden, as you grow up, it's all about standing out, right? No one wants to fit in when they grow up. But yeah. When you're young, you're told to fit in. And so I find that a lot of what's needed is personal stillness and silence and space to actually, well, what do I believe in? Who do I want to be for myself? And let me think about how to best express that rather than getting tied up in the noise. And I think this is something we have to do daily. It's not something you do once and then you're done with it. Like I have to do this every day. My life is so different now to what it used to be. And I'm challenged with this every day. And, you know, we're always a work in progress and you can't just say, okay, I'm done with that. I figured out who I am now. Yeah. I think last
1: time I was on the podcast with you, I was telling you about this child rearing podcast. I listened to podcast with a child psychologist about yes. how to raise, it's called raising good humans by Dr. Eliza. And she said for toddlers, you have to meet them where they're at, right? Like yeah. if they're screaming, cause they want the toy play with them with that toy and meet them where they're at. And I thought that's for everybody. That's not yeah. for toddlers. That's <laughs> for people, right? Like I've met some people who were just rude and angry And I go, wow, I don't know what has made them to be in this space, but that's where they're at, right? So I'm going to accept that that's where that person's at. And then another time that person's not in that space. Absolutely. um, Yeah, or not as evolved. And so meeting, I I feel like identity has a lot to do with that. Like you have to, some people just don't, haven't figured it out yet. And that's okay.
0: Totally. And And I love what you're saying because we've all come from such different backgrounds. And so what was normal in your culture may be totally abnormal in mine and what's not. And I think that's the part that we, we almost need to open up our minds to, which is that compassion and non-judgment part of like, let me really understand what this person's saying. And even if I disagree with them right now, let me at least understand it fully. I think sometimes we, we don't know the line between disagreement and understanding.
1: Well, and I think if you can even tie that to what is happening right now in in our country, the United States, but like in the world of tying to the ego chapter, right? Yeah, um, I quote, but like we have such an ego about those boxes, Uh, whether it's political parties or whether it's race or whatever it is. And it's so separating to us. So how could the monk mindset help us right now, not do that. Don't judge people by the box. You
0: put them in in your mind, you know. I think we have to strip away the boxes and see people as humans. Yeah. And, and we really have to see people and understand their background, understand why they made decisions. And why do we not do this? Because it's hard work. Because we want to be lazy. The mind wants the easy route, the shortcut, the fast way out to be like, oh, I saw you do that. Okay, you're not a good person. Oh, I saw you do that. You're a bad person. And the point is, no one's inherently good or bad. You know, we have Nelson Mandela talk about that. Nelson Mandela would say that if people can be taught to hate, then then they can be uh, educated for love. And, you know, it's like that we're taught to hate. Right. We're trained to hate. And I think that that's what the ego does so much is that it makes you feel safe by hating someone else rather than looking into yourself and trying to understand. So I really believe that the more we can listen to conversations where you just understand someone's humanity, not even their ideas. Not their thinking, not their thought leadership, but just who they are as a human and i 've been doing that i 've interviewed some people lately on the podcast, and dennis rodman 's a good example and and so many others who I like basketball, but i don 't know that much we, you know i 'm a soccer fan, and you know, you know i 'm a big football fan, and i don 't know that much about basketball, so when I sat down with Dennis Rodman. My fascination is not basketball, my fascination is humanity. Is who? Like, what so, makes him him? Correct, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like if we can train ourselves, and that's the monk mindset, the monk mindset looks at everyone without their labels, without their ideologies, without their, and just looks at the humanity inside yeah. that person. And when you start there, then you can really have a conversation that penetrates someone's heart. You could do a whole book about ego. I mean,
1: I think it's such a big word. Uh, You had a great podcast with Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. She really articulated it so great. And she was talking about the martyr victim. Like she was like, I thought I didn't have an ego because I was so, you know, I was the victim. How could I have an ego? And it was like the same thing. Like So it shows up, it manifests in different ways.
0: Yeah, Um, I remember her saying that from that conversation, she was, you know, we were talking about how the ego either makes you think you're the best or it makes you think you're the worst. Uh uh And so it's like, I have the worst life. I have it worst. I have the worst career, the worst family, the worst partner. Like, it's like my situation is the worst. And that's, again, the ego's competing to be the worst. And so just as the ego competes to be the best, the reverse, the false ego competes to be the worst. And the truth is that all of us, I think Robin Roberts said this and she said, you know, if we threw all of our problems into a pile and we looked at them, we'd grab ours right back. And it's that, you know, Robin, and yeah. I just thought that's such a unique perspective that, yeah, if you actually looked at everyone's problems in the same place, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, like I might actually probably a bit better than a lot yeah. of people's problems. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think that here's the thing. I, I also want people to know that you're not saying is a monk mindset means no ambition, no uh, dreams, uh, no competition. Like, that's not what the book is saying. And so no. I think sometimes people might go, well, come on. I, I mean, I want to have a, a nice car. I want to have a, a house one day. Like, you explain it so well in the book, but but talk about how that doesn't mean that among you, Yeah,
0: people. thank you for noticing that subtlety because I'm so glad you're solving that misconception because a lot of people say that to me. They're like, Jay, but, you know, you know, you live in LA now and you're married and, you know, you have a home. And and I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not telling you to live like a monk. I'm saying that there are certain mindsets of how a monk thinks about things. So the first thing that we understood as monks is that nothing is good or bad. Everything is given meaning by how you use it. Mm -hmm. So if I take, for example, this microphone that I have here, it's like, this is the microphone we recorded our podcast on and the microphone's not good or bad it's given meaning by how I use it. I can either stand here and say really hateful, hurtful things towards people, or we could be asking questions about humanity and compassion and love. And similarly, social media is not good or bad. It's how you use it. Some people are using it to pull people down. Some people are using it to pull people up. So as a monk, you realize that money is just energy, that fame, power, are just energy that Resources, access, or just energy. And all of us have a choice every day to use our energy to lift people up or pull people down. And so it's not about not having it, it's about what you do when you get it. Yeah. And and that's the key part. And that's what shows detachment. So people think detachment means indifference. But detachment doesn't mean indifference. Detachment is a beautiful statement by a I I love
1: the concept of detachment. Please talk about it.
0: (laughs) So there's a beautiful statement by an Islamic teacher, Al Shafi, and he says that uh, detachment doesn't mean that you own nothing. Detachment means that nothing owns you. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that it doesn't mean you can't have the car or you can't have the house and you can't have the career. It's that those things don't own you. You're engaging with them to serve and support as many other people as you can. And so the monk mindset can actually help you become more focused and disciplined. And again, going back to what you said before, purifying your intention. Yeah. If your intention is just to be rich and famous, there's enough rich and famous people that will tell you that that's not worth it.
1: The intention chapter, that's where you have the Y letter. And I, it, I remember, God, it was before COVID, way before COVID. Jay and I yeah. met, we went for, for lunch. And I was having a, a rut in a question in my life. And I was like, Jay, so I need to figure out what questions I need to ask myself, because I got to figure out if I really want to do that, if I want to go this way. And you gave me the why ladder. And then I read it later in the book. I was like, that was the why ladder. <laughs> but because you say, you know, we all have different goals, but we all want the same things, a life full of joy and meaning. But if you chase happiness, that can be elusive. And that it's hard to sustain a high level of joy, but to feel meaning shows that our actions have purpose so I love that I love that that the way you put that to feel meaning shows that we have purpose yeah. and, and then you're not chasing the car and the house and the, 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 the because that'll be a constant chase, but if you chase meaning and purpose, it's more fulfilling so that's monk mindset no yeah
0: I mean the way you've understood. The book Eva is the way I pray everyone understands it. It's just the way you formulated it, and the way you're expressing it's beautiful and and yeah, the goal is, and, and I talk about this all the time, like if you live your purpose and find your meaning, everything else will come as a byproduct of that yeah. and that's a beautiful life to live, where the abundance comes because you're so aligned, and yeah. it's when we're out of alignment that we're chasing something that that isn't there and and I can exp- express this for my own self, like you know. If you get everything out of alignment, you won't be satisfied. But when you have everything in alignment, it feels really beautiful to have. And so, yeah, I'm not encouraging anyone to not be successful, to not go after their goals. Actually, I want to help you get there in a way that you can keep it. That's the difference in the monk mindset. The monk mindset doesn't teach you how to get to your goals. It tells you how to keep success and keep joy uh, when you've got there. And I know so many people, and I know you do too, that have got there without that and then had to evolve into that after it to make sense of all of it.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to ask you one more question because yeah. I, again, there's too much to talk about <laughs> because we're going to do meditation after this. Yeah. So what is the one thing people can do today that can help them have a monk mindset? Like what okay. is the one thing, I mean, not there's a hundred things, but what's the first step, I guess? What's yeah. the first step anyone can take? Yeah, to, so towards I'm going to give them a
0: really easy one Okay, And it's because this is how we would start our days every day. And so a monk starts their day with gratitude, gratitude to the earth, gratitude to their teachers and mentors, uh, gratitude to the divine, gratitude to God. And so I want you today, everyone, not just to feel gratitude, not just to experience it, but I want you to express something. Now, here's the key about expressing gratitude scientifically and spiritually, it only works when it's done in this way. So Eva, name two of your friends. They don't have to be real. You can give me imaginary names if you don't want to give Um, me real
1: names. Ross and Maria.
0: Okay, we'll take Ross and Maria. If Ross and Maria are real, here's my disclaimer. None of this reflects who they are in real life. I do not know Ross and Maria. So let's say, Eva, you throw a party. Once this is all over, you throw a party at your home Everyone comes. Your close friends come. Hopefully I'm invited. And Ross and Maria come. And the next day they both message you. Ross messages you in typical Ross style and he goes, thanks, Eva. Had a great time. That's it. And then Maria messaged you and she goes, Eva, you're amazing. I loved it yesterday. Your family is so beautiful and the food was incredible. And oh my God, the games were so much fun. I needed this in my life. I'm so glad you're in my life. Okay, now when you get those, Eva's is a very grateful person, so you're grateful for both of them, but which one fills you with more joy?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, the Maria one.
0: Obviously right. Maria, unless anyone's being awkward, it's Maria that fills you with more joy. Now, why is that? So scientifically and spiritually, when our gratitude is specific, when our gratitude is detailed, not only do we feel more joy giving it, but the other person feels more joy receiving it. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying thank you to someone, Tell them why you're thankful to them. Be really clear about it. Because when you think about that, you go, oh, wow. If that person did that for me, they must really love me. And then the person who's receiving it thinks, wow, if that person thought about that, they must really love me. And all of a sudden, you've got this beautiful human bond. And we started like that. You know, we yeah. got to know each other very quickly. Yeah. And we had a mutual friend, Mona and Huda, yeah. that, that, that knew we would get along. Who I, again, Mona, who I love so much, and Huda, who I love so much. And so it's just when you start that way and you express gratitude, it it changes your life. So that's that's the simplest thing.
1: Yeah, personalized gratitude. There's so many meditations. The other thing I think is meditation. And that's, I mean, you talk about it, but like people think it's hard, Mm. right? And it's like, it's so hard and it shouldn't be hard. The point is it should be effortless. And so I know you, what do you meditate for two hours a day?
0: Yeah, about that. Yeah, one and a half to two hours now. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. I've been Uh, slacking,
0: Gone down to (laughs) one and a half sometimes. Oh, because you're busy launching the book.
1: That's why. Um, Well, you guys, it's available today, yesterday. So Think Like a Monk. It's so great. I just love it. There's so many gems in here that you guys are going to go, oh, my gosh. I love when a book really just, you know, open something up in you that that you go, oh, that's what I've been trying to articulate and never have been able to. And you do it so many times. And I thank you for going on a journey to be a monk so that we have you now today, um, your podcast on purpose and it with now your book and just access as a friend to, to me. Thank you so much for Everything. Your videos are just I can't tell you how many people send me one of your videos from Instagram going, oh, my gosh, you've got to check this out. And I go, well, I already saw it because I, <laughs> I, I follow Jay. But they, like they go, oh, my God, in case you needed to hear this today, in case you needed to yeah. see this today. And uh, I'm just thankful that you exist.
0: No, I'm thankful to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm so thankful that we connected. I'm so grateful we became friends. I'm still oh gutted God. that I've never met Santi yet, so I'm, I'm slightly internally a bit this, mad at you. This, uh, uh, but I, <laughs> uh, oh, but every like... time I see videos of him, I fall more in love with him. So no, you're, people, you're such a- oh, God. People love Santi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the best, he's the best. And uh, no, I'm so grateful to you, but thank you for your continued love and support. I, I don't take it for granted, and no. I, I just love the soul and energy you are, and you're such a powerhouse. You're just no. such a powerhouse. You're so deep, but then you go so far and wide to make a change in the world. And and that's you're you're living this. You're living everything that's in the book. So thank oh. you for giving people an example.
1: It's work and it's yeah. just it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. But you know, there's so many I'm so curious and I devour all of these lessons from many, many people. And I'm so glad that you're going to now be one of those people. I get to digest uh, every day. (laughs) So do you want to do a a five minute meditation? If you have time, if you don't, we don't. I do. I I I absolutely do. So we'll
0: do a meditation. I'm using a three hour crystal. We're not doing three hours, we're doing five minutes, (laughs) but I'm using a YouTube sound from our YouTube page called Healing Vibrations. They're beautiful if anyone wants to use it afterwards. And this is a 432 hertz, three hour crystal singing bowl healing sound. So if you go onto their channel, Healing Vibrations, they have so many beautiful soundtracks to meditate on and sleep to and everything. So check them out. I don't know who they are. I just love them. And and so I've been telling everyone about them, Uh, but they're really, really brilliant. And we're going to use one of their sounds today. So we're all going to close our eyes, everyone. Just close your eyes. And Eva, just give me a thumbs up when you hear this sound. Great. So I just want everyone to find a place of calm, balance, ease, stillness, and peace. Whenever your mind wanders, Just gently and softly bring it back to calm, balance, ease, stillness, and peace. Become aware of your natural breathing pattern, breathing in and out, breathing in through your nose and with your mouth slightly open, exhaling, just becoming aligned with your natural breathing pattern. And as you breathe in, roll your shoulders back and up. And as you breathe out, roll them backwards and down. As you breathe in, roll your shoulders back and up. As you breathe out, roll them back and down. As you breathe in, roll your shoulders back and up. And as you breathe out, roll your shoulders back and down. Just feeling aligned and rooted and grounded. Now place your right palm on your heart. And repeat after me. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. She can say to yourself, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And once more, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Allowing yourself to be present with your mind and body, reminding yourself that you're not ahead or behind, that all the power exists right now here with you. Allow the thoughts to come in and out. Just being present with your breath. Place your palms upward on your knees, your palms facing upwards. And as you breathe in, clench your palms. And as you breathe out, extend them out extend your fingers breathe in and clench your palms and breathe out and extend your fingers breathe in and clench your palms and breathe out and extend your fingers we're going to do that three more times but this time when you exhale I want you to feel like you're letting go of any negative stress or tension-filled energy. And as you breathe in, you're breathing in, uplifting, empowering energy. So breathe in, positive uplifting energy, and breathe out. Really exhaling and letting go. Breathe in. And breathe out. and breathe in powerful, uplift energy and breathe out any negative tension-filled energy. And repeat after me to yourself, I let go of anything that doesn't serve me. And when you're ready, In your own time, at your own pace, you can gently and softly open your eyes. So that was just a short five minute meditation and hopefully allowed you all to just feel present with yourself and allowed you to just rest into your breath and let go. And just doing that for five minutes a day allows you to just really feel that you're present with your body, not rushing around in your head or your mind, and also recognizing that you can train yourself to let go. So hopefully that helped Eva, and I hope everyone watching that helped too.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love meditation so much. I love journaling. I love all of it. But you do make a point about meditation, about it's like anything else, the more you dedicate to it, the better it works. If you want to learn a language, you don't do it five minutes a day, you're going to do a little longer. And if you want to meet somebody and spend time with them, you don't say just five minutes a day. So try to build. Try to build upon it, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing, Eva. Thank you so much. Thank I'm so you, Jay.
1: You Thank you. you for letting me ask you a million questions about this. I still have a million more conversations I could have with you. I am so happy that this poured out of you. And I know it was a lot of work. So it's available now. Go and order it. It's amazing. And don't forget to go to Jay's podcast on purpose. It has if you're struggling with any topic, you just go through the, the episodes <laughs> and you go, that's what I do. I just go like, what do I need today? And then I go, oh my God. I
0: goodness. can't wait to have you back on. We've got some really exciting guests coming up too. So I'm I'm really looking forward to your feedback. I love getting your feedback on the podcast. It means the world to me. So thank you.
1: I'm so excited about I Think Like a Monk. And thank you everyone who stayed with us. My gosh, everybody Anna. stayed with us. And we're going to repost this. So if you guys yes. missed the beginning or the end, Jay and I will both post it on our social media channels.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> (laughs) you're the best many blessings
1: to everybody um who is on right now groby zoom beso everybody thank you so much thank you jay thank you
0: everyone thank you so much and give my love to santi and pepe as well take care i will yeah thank you guys see you later bye